This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Top story, coronavirus apparently is both an airborne illness and a foodborne illness. If the top trending article is to be believed that a family all came down with coronavirus after sharing a one-pot meal. So they were dipping stuff into the pot. Now, my understanding of viruses is they're either foodborne and affect your GI tract or they're airborne and affect your respiratory system. But I guess you can get the coronavirus respiratory syndrome from a foodborne illness. So that's the implication of the latest scare headline. I wonder how they're able to tell that when they were in the same room where air was flowing as well in that room. How do they differentiate? Right. See, I think that's what's actually, if if the story's true at all, they already had it or that's how they got it. But the picture was them all putting their things in the same pot so oh, yeah. that you just like freak out about everything. But the fact is, that's true. Yeah. another article I read at the same time on a parallel news site was that the, this particular thing or coronaviruses in general, you get, from pretty fairly close airborne contact or like coughing in each other's faces or whatever. But like, so I saw somebody walking down the street, a completely empty street, a broad boulevard with like a lot of traffic, not a high like pedestrian boulevard, walking down the street with a mask on, with a surgical mask. I'm like, there's the only microbes that are endangering you right now. The only ones are the ones in that mask. Yeah, just like all those people who are quarantined on those ships. Yeah, it's probably the quarantine that gets them sick because that stuff, like, isn't that how Legionnaire's disease traveled around through the air conditioning system of a, of a hotel? I'm almost positive. It was like a pneumonia that, that... – In Atlanta. That happened in Atlanta. Oh, was A few that? years ago at a hotel. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and it, it has happened actually in lots of hotels. The original one was in a hotel. I know somebody else who got it in a hotel – yeah. So I have some like kind of big picture brain bombs about my like things I realized when I read the agenda on coronavirus. But do you have updates about the coronavirus that are a little less heavy? Maybe I have a lot of stuff into? on the coronavirus. All right. The cruise ship, the one that I'm thinking about specifically, the Diamond Princess cruise ship has the number of cases has doubled overnight it's been like this the reporting anyway has pretty much been that every day is the worst day when it comes to <laughs> the growth of the of the virus well, the disease i say that yeah some there's reports that 300 million people in china are quarantined or locked down right now i don't know how true that is that's what some are reporting well they actually shut down entire cities they yeah. shut they quarantined wuhan which is, they, is yeah. a, a city of 60 million people right then and there so that isn't even necessarily it's kind of like when Hurricane Rita followed on the heels of Hurricane Katrina. All the deaths, all the destruction was from the evacuation, the call to evacuate that was issued by the government. They never, or like when that recent, we had uh, in uh, along the East Coast, there were hurricane scares, and the only problems came from like the guy, the old man freaking out, trying to like, 
get a generator going and killing himself yeah. and like out in the California when, when the wildfires were coming. So they shut down all the electricity and that was the thing that killed people. And as a nacho slave pointed out, when you shut down people's electricity, they do generators, they do candles. The risk of fire goes straight through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. So it's when the, I think it's always important to point out or to stay aware of the, is the problem the problem or is the problem the government response to the problem. Yeah, the solution. So this ship, and they say that the cases of coronavirus have are up to 136, although I keep seeing different numbers, but the latest one I saw was that 136 passengers are infected. There's over 400 Americans on the ship and like 2,600 people total, although I've heard multiple numbers on that too. I heard 3,700 on that ship. So there's these different reports and different numbers coming out, but there's a few interesting things that came out of this story because there was four ships that have been kind of talked about when it comes to ships that have been quarantined. And this one in particular, they interviewed uh, a couple from Florida, an American couple. They're in their 70s. One of them is actually a documentarian and a best-selling author. I'd never heard of anything that she had written. But they were talking to this couple, and they were calling for organization – an organization that they are members of to come in and extract them. And they were calling for the government to extract them. From the cruise ship? Yes. So they're saying the Japanese government would not allow them to because they're afraid that they're going to get the virus. Right now they haven't shown any effects of the virus and they haven't tested positive, but because that number keeps growing exponentially, this cruise ship is the largest number of cases besides China. And they're they're afraid they're going to die from what they're saying. So – they, the lady said, here's what she said. She had a few interesting quotes. She said, frankly, it's really creepy on here. It's like a prison camp. She said they tried to stay cheerful at first, but they're worried now that the circulating air is going to transmit the virus because there's all these people who are quarantined that have the virus on the ship. And she said that this company is it's called like Blue Jet or something, and they specialize in global in people who travel globally and have an emergency that they will fly anywhere and extract them. And they're ready and willing to go from what she says, but the Japanese government won't do it, and she's called for the United States government to come in and do it. And I find this interesting because people are getting more and more antsy and more restless in these quarantines, and eventually that's going to come to head. Are we going to see some sort of conflict between like a private security firm? who has been called in to extract someone from a quarantine site and some military of whatever, of China or Japan, if it's in Japan's waters? That's interesting. It just sparks a parallel to me of a big headline on Fox News this morning was how the New York City police were kind of mutinying on Mayor de Blasio. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So if you've got like that kind of what what is like typically called anarchy where you would have like militias having conflict there is civil unrest and that kind of like system breakdown happening everywhere it seems like that's a good point the all these protests around the world is a good point the democracy and our systems breaking down here is an excellent point and i think the coronavirus that the whole point of it ties right into all that. You want to hear why I think that? Yeah. You ready? Uh-huh. I don't want to, I don't want to truncate Well, your, I got a few more things there, but I do your, want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me just tell you what, what I think it, it is possibly. That 
they are, if you look at their agenda items, a couple of them really stand out as being, uh, I think number six is the most important one, the Johns Hopkins call to action regarding event 201, which is the October live simulation of a coronavirus that preceded by one month, what we're hearing was an actual coronavirus from November. What they're saying is that they want to make sure that trade and travel and corporations and companies and finances and banks and stuff do not slow down or shut down, even if the pandemic gets so bad as in their scenario, 65 million people died. And the way I think of it, it reminded me that World War II, the financial flows did not stop across the borders between Germany and the rest of the world even though this was the world at war. I kind of smell a rat there. And what I was thinking is what they're trying to do is they're trying to show this as being a big problem. They're saying, make sure the IMF, the World Bank, everything keeps money flowing, loosens up money. China's actually doing that right now. That was in the news today that they're just like flooding their financial markets with liquidity and everything to keep the wheels turning. And what I really think they're trying to do is... This is a bigger, bigger thing. But what I think they're trying to do, the World Economic Forum puts the private and public together for policy agendas for everything. And I really think like the system, the way Mark said, like kind of socialism grew out of capitalism, actually think we're seeing fascism grow out of socialism. So they put all the money and power into the socialist system. Then they, quote, privatize. So they feed it back out into like ready-made monopolies for private guys to profit from openly. So like in socialism and communism, you can't profit from it openly. But if you have what they call private industry, but it was a ready-made monopoly, then you have these oligarchs in the fascist system. And you see that with, uh, with a lot of things. I could get into, I'm not going to. But that's what it seems like the World Economic Forum is all about, this public-private thing. And I feel like what they're saying in this call to action and what this thing is all about is saying, okay, we're going to have a major problem. Maybe even they would, if you want to get cynical and down the rabbit hole about it, actually release a virus like this that does uh, create the instability that could reshape the entire system, the whole government, make a world government because it's a world problem. It could also, as Dean tweet, tweeted, uh, that it could it could be used to cull the herd. And to the extent that might be a bioweapon, they're saying they're pu- putting out this false conspiracy theory right now about the bioweapon, maybe to inoculate the propaganda against that theory when it's actually true, kind of the way Biden's corruption was inoculated by the Trump impeachment. Like they can't really investigate it. And then, so what I think they might be doing is saying, okay, we're really, because you saw, we saw that military thing about people living in underground tunnels and stuff. They're actually showing this to soldiers, U.S. soldiers, like the world of the future is going to have this dystopian underground. (laughs) So if they really think something like this is coming or even want to create it, what they want is to make sure that this worldwide disruption of either a pandemic or civil unrest or restructuring the whole system so that you have this world government doesn't actually displace the hierarchy, the oligarchy, and that like disease could be like the report from Iron Mountain said that needed a substitute for war in order to keep the uh, 
hierarchy in place and keep people like in constant need of government and all that. An external threat they talk about also. This is similar to that. Yeah, they do talk about that. But they, just to finish the point is that they that when you that you might have that what they what it looks like they're trying to do is make sure that the hierarchy, the elite and the globalist kind of corporations, profit centers, whatever, are inoculated from the civil unrest for the, the society-altering event, pandemic, whatever, that that is in store. I really, I feel like this might be that big. I think it could be big, too. This is, they're doing something. I mean, this is, something's going on right now, and it's not everything that they say it is on the surface. Of course, nothing is, but this is... It's a story that is bizarre. It gets more and more bizarre as you look at the angles. And the fact that you can't talk about some of the alternative theories, that they shut those down, tells you there's something else going on. So these cruise ships, I guess there's four cruise ships they talked about when it comes to ships that have been, quote, quarantined. Not all of them officially quarantined, but there was another one. That that one was off the coast of Japan. There was another one in Hong Kong that uh, thousands of people are quarantined. There's one, there's a ship that is just floating around the seas like outside Taiwan because no ports will take them. Wow. So they're stranded at sea and it's like a floating FEMA camp almost. No one on that ship has shown signs of being infected by the virus. No one's How are their positive. supplies? Are they talking about how to supply them? Uh, did you notice them mention that? I didn't focus on that aspect of right. the story. They, they just are trying to negotiate with countries or some port somewhere to be able to dock because everybody's terrified of it. And that's why the fourth case, the fourth ship, is interesting to me. It was anchored outside of New Jersey on Friday morning. It actually docked at New Jersey on Friday morning. And the passengers on that ship had no idea that there was even a, a worry about the coronavirus until they got there and officials from the CDC were waiting. And apparently some people on that ship had been quarantined. And I think it was a few dozen, and they were they were Chinese. And four of them were taken to the hospital because they showed signs they tested positive for the coronavirus. And then everybody else on the ship was allowed to leave. And then they released a statement saying we're going to follow the CDC's official rules and we're going to wipe down, we're going to clean the ship, and we're going to get rid of all the coronavirus. Are they going to say that they let them go because there's no rule on the books that could keep them there? No, they didn't say that at all. They didn't even address it. And that ship did not (laughs) go through some of the affected areas, I, I think, like some of the other ships it came were from China. What, well, this one didn't Panama come from Canal? China. Yeah, this one okay. was like a a Bahama tour or yeah. something, and there were just a couple of dozen people from China there. So thinking that they might have brought the virus over. Racist. But yeah, they say that it, four people tested positive for the virus on that ship. Yet no one has tested positive or shown signs of the virus on that ship that's floating around the sea and In, near China. Yeah. And some of these other these other ships, if one person tests positive, you're getting quarantined over here. That makes me wonder, why were these people allowed to be set free while these other people were not? While they're being forced to stay on the ship for 14 days. That is a what to watch out for. Because yeah, that could totally be an increase agree. in cases in America, and, and that ship could be what they point to as saying what My brought guess, more. 
my guess is the easy, obvious agenda would be we need to have strict rules of like at borders, we have carte blanche to maintain anybody, retain, detain anybody for two weeks straight under any circumstances at any time. We don't have to tell you why because we don't want to cause a panic. Yeah, I'm suggesting the more even more cynical view on that. I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying that yeah, look yeah. out what, for this you, is a possibility. What's the possibility? Was it the Tuskegee? experiment oh, yeah. where a bunch of people thing? had syphilis and they just didn't tell them so they let them they go out. They gave it to them. They didn't actually give it to them. That's that's Oh really? No, sure? yeah, they they got it but then they tested them and they had they found that they were positive and they didn't tell them. Oh. So they let them go out and spread it around. And they didn't treat them right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that could be a similar thing going on here where it's like we know there's going to be a couple other people that are infected so let's let them go out and let's See what happens if they want to stress test the system. I hope that's not the case, but if there's an increased number of cases around New Jersey and around New York, then that's something that I would I would definitely consider a possibility. Agreed. The U.S. military is preparing quarantine camps around the country. One of them is going to be here in Georgia, so <laughs> look forward to that FEMA camp opening up here pretty soon. Remember the old images, I think it was an Alex Jones thing, of like piles and piles and piles yeah. of black plastic coffins yeah, yeah, right outside like the CDC area? Not that that's not like a reasonable thing to actually have, although why not body bags? Why would you have coffins? That yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. That doesn't really make sense. But yeah, these are the FEMA camps coming home. Oh and, my gosh, Chinese right. concentration camps. How they're they're all over. They're everywhere right now over the country mm-hmm. and the more people are quarantined, the longer people are held, the more restless, the more afraid they're going to get and the more right. likely there's going to be a conflict between the the people who are quarantined, and yeah. the people who are fighting for them and the people who are right. holding them in. <clears throat> because the ones who are quarantined, if they are in a place like the cruise ship, they're going to panic. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. yeah they're the ones because they're not sick yet. Yeah. They don't want to get sick. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. I'm not laughing. I just, I think that's awful. It's terrible. And China also, they suggested that any subordination, any jeopardizing the public health of others is a offense punishable by death. Whoa. Wow. We. Well, culling the herd, I guess that's one way to do it. Yeah, talk about that. So can we move on to some a lighter topic? Yes, one more quick point on that. Sure. There was this Brookings panel discussion I watched a while ago. It was about Huawei and why we can't let Huawei get their technology over here because it would be China exporting their authoritarian model of governance across the world, big mass surveillance. What I realized looking at this is – what was described in that Brookings panel, China is demonstrating to the world right now, and they're mm-hmm. celebrating their their use of it. They're demonstrating their authoritarian right. form of government to the world, and right. they could very well come out and say, you see, we saved everybody. Now you right. can use Huawei and our technology, and you can do the Other countries will follow them if they get, become afraid that, that it's going to be infected. What was the last thing? Uh, maybe two years ago, I remember we read on the air a tweet from a conservative chick from Canada, like who had some kind of name recognition by you, uh, that they were saying, well, the reason Russia has the advantage is because we're a free country, I guess. Uh-huh. 
That doesn't, and I can't remember what it was that Russia was up to that they had the advantage because they were an authoritarian regime. Yeah. But that's, that is, I'm my guess is that, that it, or what you're saying, and yeah. I agree with you, mm-hmm. is that they're pointing out the hidden benefits of the uh, benevolent dictatorship. Exactly. That's exactly, yes, <laughs> nailed it. So here's something that you also nailed is that I noticed, well, two headlines that absolutely had phrases that we highlighted over the past couple of weeks. One was a headline, I think it was on Fox News, that says, scorned by Democrats when he ran for president, Rom, Rom, Romney emerges as a liberal hero <laughs> after impeachment vote. And that remind, that reminded me of Brad Pitt giving Bolton a shout-out at the Oscars. But just one other thing about <laughs> Romney. I wonder if Romney is going to switch sides and be a Democrat, which he kind of already has yeah. always been, in my opinion. But another headline was that Romney showed, quote, political courage, which is what that that troll who called my, or whatever, true believer, I don't know, who called my show some weeks ago, that phrase, we, like, we all saw like the next week, but the troll gave it to us first. Like we hadn't heard that before. I was like, what are you talking about political courage? All the Democrats are for, everybody's standing up. You know, I didn't even understand what the guy was saying. What the guy was saying was Republicans need to show political or moral courage. Yeah. And then that phrase has been just <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I saw that. So I don't know how that troll, you know, I'm sure he got an email. Probably got an email. Like and that. Yeah, talking group. point. So, yeah, so I did think of you because of that. And then when Brad Pitt, I mean, gave a shout out to John Bolton. I mean, he's like Darth Vader. Like, what is wrong with these people? He said, I only get 45 seconds up here to talk, which is 45 more seconds than the Republicans in the Senate allowed John Bolton to testify. And then at the end of it, he said, (laughs) Quentin Tarantino just needs to make a movie where, you know, the grownups in the room do the right thing at the end. Everybody clapped. I don't know if that's a reference to his movie also. I haven't seen it. But the fact that the grown-ups in the room impeaching and voting, it's just so stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. Well, how about, have you seen the, the 2020 election bumper stickers? No. That, like, the, the ticket that they're advertising on their bumper sticker is any functioning adult. <laughs> that's, the, that's the candidate, those the Democrat fra- yeah, candidate. Those phrases spread like it's the coronavirus in China when they put them and out there. And you know, there, you I know? hate, I don't know if smarmy is the right word, but I hate condescending in, you know, like obviously where, you know, atheists do this a lot, where they just like, I and this has prompted me to say, you know, always refute, never dismiss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And no, yeah. no slam on atheists. I think agnosticism is the com- totally rational point of view. And it's fine if you're an atheist and want to, there's plenty of reasons, you know, supporting elements for that view and others, but have the conversation. You can't just laugh at people. Yeah. So that's what I find, like the, the, that that whole thing, like any functioning adult, the adults need to do the right thing. It's it's that whole rules or rules. Oh, my gosh. Byron emailed me an article about this. It completely hits the nail on the head. It's this idea that people aren't rational, that some people act out of charity. Some people act out of emotion. 
that they're not, that you, that economists are all wrong in ever thinking people are rational. And I'm like, well, people, but it is rational to love and have friendship and family and have a, like consequences one step removed from what you're talking about is rational. And to say like facts are facts, but truth is truth. Rules are rules, but right is right. As if you can intuit beyond what you can think or articulate. And that's not true. It's it always comes down to what you're thinking. Even if you if you can't identify that thought process, you can't just shrug off your inarticulateness and say, well, if you don't see what I'm saying, that's because you're stupid or bad. You know, that's what I just think that, that like any adult in the room, you know, the adults should do the right thing is as if yeah. it's not even worth that's what being looking an adult, at the other side. Yeah, that's what being an adult is, but they everyone in a childlike state by appealing to our more powerful urges, which are emotions, logic, emotion, reason, emotion. They aren't completely separate. Everything's intertwined, but our emotional responses and our lizard brain is so much. We are ruled and dominated by it, but being an adult, we use the cognitive effort and energy to think and not allow ourselves to be ruled by those passions. They they depend on the mob being ruled by those passions. And, and it's not ironic that, that they act like they're calling so upon uppity, yeah. what you're saying. Like you're saying, yes, being an adult is being rational. Yeah. And he's saying being an adult is agreeing with me. Yes, exactly. Agreeing with him because like, he's Brad Pitt. Right. He wasn't the only one at the Oscars. There was Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker, who I pointed out a few months ago when he did his first protest with Jane Fonda and it made the news that the Joker is going to – become a symbol of protest just like in the movie except through Joaquin Phoenix and he, he made another at the BAFTA Awards a couple of weeks ago he made some political statements again last night he made this really kind of almost trippy totally Joaquin Phoenix like weird speech and it's not even all bad but the way it's being spun though in the media is like the Joker's doing protest anti-Trump stuff again but I wouldn't even say it was that I would encourage you to watch it and the really really interesting one that is not getting as talked about as much was one of the people who won an award. Her name is, I don't, I've never heard of her, but apparently she's popular. American factory co-director, Julia Reich said in her acceptance speech. <laughs> I knew you would catch this. A, Reich. But yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Reich Hart. Reich is in her Reichert. name. Reichert. Working people have it harder and harder these days. <laughs> she's talking to people at the Oscars. I know. I know. We believe that these things will get better when workers of the world unite. Marx, right, right from the mouth of Marx. Literally yeah. from the... I'm snapping. I know. You're in the snap. (laughs) I mean, but you know what? They gave up their claim to that, and Trump picked it up when they went for all identity. Trump picked up identity, too. But they moved to cultural Marxism. Yeah. So that if you make that economic argument and it benefits, like, the working white class or whatever, they abandon it. And you know why they moved from economic to cultural Marxism? Why? Do you know what the reasoning was behind that? Like the Frankfurt School is that when Marx and Lenin stuff tried to get the people, the workers of the world to unite and rise above the uh, classes and band together, they found that national identity, that uh, patriotism was way stronger. So people would always fight on the side of their country than on the side of their class. So then they switched it so that you would identify culturally 
with whatever subgroup. So they went oh, down yeah. instead of up. Yeah. And that was something if they could get you to really identify with it and it and it has the added benefit of something you could not change. Like yeah. they could pay off the lower class to be not lower class anymore. But you can't do that if you're an a curd. Yeah. So well. so she's trying to rip that stuff up. But it's just platitudes, just like repeated things that mean nothing. It's also Marx being quoted on national television yeah, as like yeah. a normal thing. That made thing a headline. Now. That yeah. was on the headlines. What's her face quotes Marx. It's the legitimization. They talk about this a lot in the communist papers is when and there's gonna be times when we are more welcome and then there's gonna be times when we're not. When we're not, we stay underground, but when we're more welcome, like in like in societies that have civil liberties, they they focus on that. <laughs> We're gonna, we, we will use those civil liberties to slowly legitimize ourselves in the mind of the public. And that's what's been going on. Oh, so on. civil liberties are a communist backdoor. That's, that's exactly what they see them as, yes. See, that's, what, that's the problem. Yeah. If only we had the fascist tyranny. And I'm kind of sick of China being called communist. They're really, once they opened up to having private sector monopolists, uh-huh. they, I think they kind of became fascists. You know what I mean? Like it used to be communism is where the means of production, the factories and stuff are owned by the state. And this is what I'm trying to say. Like this is a big insight that I've had. I've never heard anybody have it. I just I'm just noticing it recently as Trump is like, quote, deregulating, opening up like lands, public lands to energy exploration. What the socialist revolution pulled all the resources and all the power and stuff up. But at that point, it's very hard to be a flagrant billionaire oligarch because how did you get that money, right? Like the communism thing, nobody's supposed yeah. to be like that. But if you say, well, we couldn't work it, right? So we had to bring the, the capitalists back in. So the capitalism moved to social. Capitalism was built up, supposedly, by entrepreneurs. And once they did everything they needed to do, the socialists could take over it because it's not that hard to run. It's just hard to create. And now they're going to say, it's too hard to run. That's what privatization is. It's too hard to run. So we're going to like get somebody to run it and let them profit from it. And then you have this fascism, this oligarchy fascism is happening everywhere and regulatory and the schools and all of this stuff. And I feel like uh, that's China's an example of that. Yeah. They did that. And and they still have the political control, whereas Russia, the USSR, gave the political control up first, and they also have the oligarchs and stuff, but those oligarchs aren't quite entrenched in power, and the people have some political power. China learned from that, and I think that's kind of what this whole World Economic Forum thing is all about. I was about to say. in that oligarchy. I watched some of the videos last night. And oh, I haven't. They talk about public-private partnership every few seconds, I feel like. The importance of that. Yeah, that's exactly what, what you're that, saying. In my mind, that's fascism. Worldwide. Yeah, and you get people get libertarians in on it too by accident without them being aware because they think they hear private as an improvement. Right. But it's not. It just lacks transparency. And there's so much more to talk about. But I know. I, I want to tell you one quick funny story of the day. I'm sure yeah, you might have heard sure. this one already. Did you hear what Joe Biden said to somebody at one I, of his campaign I did. events? I did, but tell me. I heard it, but not everybody heard it. He told what appeared to what what people were reporting to be a guy first, but it was not a guy. He said this to a female. Uh, no doubt, he said this to the kind of dumpy looking female. 
standing in front of him because he asked a question. He goes, "You ever been to a? Uh, you ever been to it? You ever been a delegate?" And, and only one. Everybody else just stood there silently. One lady kind of raised her hand. It's just, it just looks like a sweet little dumpy little lady standing there like that, and she's kind of smiling. And then Biden just goes, "No, no, you didn't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier." Hold on. That's not what I heard him say. I heard him say, when we crack down on you, your AK-47s aren't going to do you any good. No, that's not what I was talking about. That's what he said, something like that. I wanted the exact quote. That isn't the exact quote. We we can talk about that tomorrow. Uh, So what was his quote? Dog face what now? He goes, goes, (laughs) no, 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 you're a lying dog face pony soldier. Come on. But he was was doing it like jokingly. Somebody fed him that line. It's like a John Wayne line, I think. It's like when that Jan, what's her face, cursed and said, they're telling me I can do that. Yeah. Line, dog face. I mean, that's got to be a new insult. Oh. Well, he's got to make his exit. He's trying to get out because he covered his corruption up. He never really wanted to run. He's getting out of there. And he's fallen in the polls, too. They got yeah, Budovich no, he's Bern- done. His mission accomplished. Can you imagine either one of those people, Budovich or Bernie Sanders, as president? Well, let's talk tomorrow about Reed Hoffman and the disruption of Iowa yeah. and how it relates to uh, Mayor yeah. Pete. Yeah, all right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. We will talk to you all tomorrow.